Hey everyone, I'm Steven Stout, Executive Director with the Texas Society of Association Executives. And I'm Katie Marker, Marketing and Communications Director with the Texas Society of Association Executives. And welcome to our first ever live episode of Better by Association, an original podcast produced by TSAE. So here we are, Katie, live, no safety net today. I know, it's such a big deal. Are you getting a little nervous? You know, it wasn't until I looked out into the audience because I'm so used to the two of us just talking to each other in our pajamas and yes. not getting dressed up for this. So here we are. Yes, here we are. But you know what? We got this. And I'm actually pretty excited to have a live audience. So you're not worried about hecklers or people throwing tomatoes at you? or <laughs> What happened to you in a previous live, Stephen? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm pumped. Okay, then let's get started. So today we are actually going to discuss everyone's favorite topic, non-dues revenue, the money. So... Katie, have you ever had to be in a sales position before? I have. I have done sales. Very exciting. At Nordstrom, I sold swimwear and activewear. So, yeah. That's very specific. Yes. That was my department. I see. Uh, At Nordstrom, you really have to kind of like dress up and look look like you know style. But not me. I got to wear workout clothes and tennis shoes. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. Oh, that sounds nice. I felt like it was a good role for me. Very cool. Have you been in sales, even? Uh, no, but as a kid, you know, in, in elementary, you might be too young for this, but they made you sell this terrible chocolate uh, <laughs> to get like toys, like yo-yos and cars. And so I really wanted the yo-yo real yes, bad yes. to give you like a box, a crate of chocolate to sell to your <laughs> friends and family. And I was terrible at it. I sold one bar to my friend across the street and he bought it. And I came home and told mom and dad to please buy the rest because I want the yo-yo. And, and they, they did, did. And they said, we're never doing this again, <laughs> uh, which I didn't do any of the band pizzas, the band candy, anything like that. But Carrie's going to help us with that today. So here we are, very excited and grateful to have Carrie McIntyre join us today to talk about non-dues revenue. Yes, Carrie has been in the association industry for 30 years in sales and customer success roles. She founded Navigate to help associations increase non-dues revenue by aligning member value with industry partner results, fixing internal sales operations, coaching staff in sales roles, and turning association customers into enthusiastic advocates. She started her career working for several D.C. area associations in marketing and membership roles. She then worked for several for-profit companies that helped associations generate non-dues revenue in both sales and customer experience roles and helped build two successful sales teams and sales operations from scratch. Carrie is a member of ASAE, TSAE, and the Professional for Association Revenue and a regular speaker at in-person and virtual events on sales-related topics. When she's not geeking out on trends in sales, marketing, and technology, she loves to spend her offline time taking improv classes or camping with her husband and two teenage boys. Welcome, Carrie. Hey, everybody. Yeah, Carrie, we're excited to have you here, finally. <laughs> yes. uh, we really appreciate you joining us on this live journey, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm uh, excited. Yeah. Like guinea pig. Guinea pig, yeah. The best person for it. <laughs> so we asked the same question to all of our guests, the first and last question. So the first question is mine. We normally have phrased this question as, what is your fallen story, and how did you fall into this space and industry in the current role? However... We had a conversation last podcast. We should not be using the term fall in because that has a negative connotation. So how did you find this calling? Oh, I love that. Well, it's funny because I kind of did fall into it. Yeah. (laughs) I know. You can't help help but say fall into it. When I graduated from college, I was told at the time, this is a long, long time ago, like 
late 1900s. And uh, I was told that no one was getting jobs and you needed to go on all these informational interviews. And so I, I was just panicked that I wouldn't get a job. So I went to a temp agency and went to them and they started calling me with different roles. And the first one they called me about was with the American Meat Institute. Okay. Which I There's misunderstood. association for everything? And I misunderstood and thought they said the American Meat Institute. Oh, like, really like tidy? tidy. Okay, yeah, okay. Right. Um, but no, it was meat. And then I had to not... I did snicker because that was just funny to me at the yeah. time. And then anyway, that started my career in association professionals. And then I went from there to home builders and then to National Food Processors Association, which okay. is now Consumer Brands. And then decided I didn't know that I wanted to be an association professional since I did fall into it. Sure, sure. No, no, no. <laughs> but I wanted to leverage what I knew. And so I went to go work for a startup company at the time, selling job board technology okay, to yep, associations. Yep. And so that's how I kind of got my first job in sales, Okay, but stayed within the association community. Sure. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. that's the first time we've heard that, I think, yeah. from a recruiter. A first, uh, first story, so good for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Way to be a first. First live, <laughs> right. first good story. On a Here roll. We go. <laughs> well, we know you've been doing this for a while, and you are very knowledgeable when it comes to sales. Uh, I imagine that means you keep up with the trends. So I'm wondering, what are three trends that you're seeing right now in non-dues revenue? So interesting. So I feel like in the association space, trends in non-dues revenue is an interesting phrase. <laughs> because I think that a lot of it has stayed the same, right? Everybody yes. needs it. Everybody needs more than they have. So some of these things have been around for a very long time that we're always looking for ways to generate more non-dues revenue. And I, that just seems like a trend that's hard to get to go away, especially as there's more of a challenge for diversifying revenue streams and things like that, keeping members happy, offering more value. I will say I feel like there has been more of a growing shift to some more customized approaches to okay. how folks are talking to their sponsors, exhibitors, and advertisers in particular. Yeah. And not just saying, hey, here's the menu, you know, take your pick. There's still a lot out there. And I would say like the one trend I would love to see go away is what I call the the maze and matrix trend. Like okay. when you go to an association's website yeah. as a prospective sponsor, exhibitor, advertiser, you have to go all over the place to try to piece together what are the different ways I could do something here. Gotcha. So that's the maze part. And then the matrix is that at some point you're going to usually run into a, you know, we all have them, the, the PDF that has all the check boxes that get bigger and smaller and the price and the put your credit card information in here. And sure, sure. I want all that to go away. So that's, that's a trend I'd love to see disappear. But yeah, I think those are some of the trends I'm well, seeing. What, would, what do you recommend? Well, you know, a little bit more, a play a little harder to get, frankly. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Just, it's so like, like a, a dating play. scenario. Yeah, like, dating, yeah. Right. like you can't just lob everything at your first date. Like gotcha, here's yes. everything about here's me. Here's all my crazy. All the crazy. Bit, yes. Yeah. In the different columns that I am crazy. Yeah. You got to kind of start with, start strong, number <laughs> yes, one, yes. <laughs> with the highlights. <laughs> but no, I do think it's about kind of layering the information to them. Okay. Right? It's too much too soon to just say, well, first of all, go all over the place and assemble it yourself. But if you were to assemble it, if it's mostly products and prices, that's not really helping them understand why. Sure. And they need to understand that why first, yeah. right? And associations have such a powerful non-dues revenue why that I think it's missed a lot. Okay. Because if you think about how often in all of our listserv communities, what's one of the most common questions? 
who do you guys use for X, Y, right. Z, right? Right, right? This These are communities of people who are trying to do their jobs better and looking for the products and services and people and trustworthy resources and all of that. And that's, I don't think that gets talked about enough right. in, when it comes to naughty shipping. Do you think that has changed since COVID? Meaning that um, the maze and matrix thing you mentioned, you think it's different now post COVID? I have not seen too many folks like COVID leading to that change. Okay. I, I feel like I still see plenty of that out there. Okay. Um, I would like to see it change yes. personally. I do think one thing that's changed since COVID is how hard it is to engage these potential companies. If they're not already buying from you, like right. getting their attention, getting them to stop scrolling, open your email, listen to a voicemail is definitely yeah. harder than it used to be. So I had a question, but I feel like you answered it. So we're going to give you another opportunity. Ooh, okay. So what is the one mistake you see so many groups making when it comes to non-news revenue? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think that association professionals don't want to come across as salesy, which they you know, no one does, right? Right. So, yeah. But I think what happens is they accidentally come across salesy because <laughs> they're trying to pitch. They're trying to say, hey, come be our sponsor. Come be our advertiser. Here's how much it costs. Here's what the benefits are. But they're not really then necessarily doing the whole chain all the way around, right? Like once you sell somebody, they have to have an amazing experience. Right. So I feel like the mindset shift needs to be from pitching and trying to get a sale to how do I build champions? Right. How do I build companies that think what we do is so amazing, they want to tell everyone around them that they need to get involved with this association. And I think if you make that mindset shift, sure. so much about what you do changes. Okay. How you talk to them, how you're promoting yourself and talking about what you can do. And you just naturally will not sound salesy. Right, if you're right. trying to make sure that they're going to have an amazing experience, mm -hmm. then you're going to be asking very different questions. So, uh, you know, associations, we're, some of us are small and mighty. We wear many hats. We have five staff for us. Mm -hmm. We all do a thousand different things. So I want to do that circle of like, be had this experience, but I'm also doing 10,000 other things and I can't complete the circle. What advice do you have for folks who do that? Oh, such a good one. Uh, so I think it kind of goes hand in hand with people saying, you know, I don't have time to have calls with all the potential sponsors, exhibitor, advertisers too. I would argue that you are probably then spending more time than you realize following up and chasing and doing all these things, spinning a lot of wheels and being busy, but not necessarily for the best impact you could have. Okay. And so I feel like if you had fewer but better, more targeted, you know, the right kinds of companies sponsoring and engaging, you would have less fulfillment work to do, but you'd be able to do it better for them. I think a lot of times we're just trying to get more and more and more, right. not necessarily really good quality. Sure. I think, it, I think it's a mind shift, right? Because we all have budgets that mm -hmm. we're, we our board has approved and we're trying to meet. So like, okay, you bought something cool. You want to buy something cool. You want to buy something cool. Yeah. Then I'm going to go back to you like, wait, what did you want to buy? Do you want to you sign or you want like coffee with me? What do you need? So finishing the circle is hard, but I can see your point in that it's an important step. Yeah. And I, I learned that one um, when I was in my first sales job. It was a startup company and I didn't have just one hat that I wore either. Sure. I always wore lots of them. We ended up, I was our first salesperson. We ended up hiring a team. And at one point I actually did, I was curious how much of my time I actually spending on direct selling. And it was 20% of my time. Yeah. And yet I led the team in revenue by a lot, but I sold far fewer accounts. I just sold them for a heck of a lot more money right? <laughs> because that was the way to make it so that I, I had time. I yeah, couldn't spend, yeah. if I only had 20% of my time, I couldn't spend it on lots of little tiny, sure. hard to please groups. Yeah. I had to spend it on 
large, I can make these people happy and they will say good things about us. Yeah. Groups. It's funny because going to a national organization sort of session about non-news revenue, you know, and us being small, again, team of five, right? So I'm in the room and, and I'm excited non-news revenue, just like here, like pen ready to go. Like, what am I doing wrong? And then they were like, you know, we have a small department. There's only 10 of us in the, in the sales. I was like, there's literally one and a half, of, like half of us, right. like, you know? Right. So um, I appreciate you recognizing that and yeah. telling a little bit about your story about how you had to also wear many, many hats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never no, I've never been 100 percent salesperson in all my sales jobs. Yeah. It's been a sliver of a lot of other things. So I totally get. Oh, that's cool. The, OK. The restrictions that association folks. Have. OK. <laughs> I love the approach, though, and what you're talking about. It reminds me a little bit of when we talked about innovation. Yes. And how it always comes back to your why, you know, and so it's like you're selling your why and not necessarily these menu of items like you're talking about. Right. Yeah, you're selling you're selling to them a potential to do something to help them, right? Like looking at your corporate supporters. I wish we had a better industry standard phrase. I know. Saying it's such a cool name, right? It takes yeah. so long. It's such a cool name. supporters and partners and vendors and affiliates. Affiliates and ambassadors. I know. Like, can we all just get together and pick a word? <laughs> um, so I think... As association professionals, we want to help. That's yes. just what we do. We want to help our members. We want to help our industries. And I think we sometimes kind of forget that we also want to help these corporate supporters, right? Like we're trying to help them do a better job, not just building their businesses, but engaging with our members too. And so I think if you start to have those kinds of conversations too, it can really change what they want to do, whether they do it effectively or not you know, kind of help coach them into the right way to engage. Yeah. And then when they see the results of that, like they'll just want to do more because you'll have established a level of trust and showing them here's the right way to engage with our audience versus just buy this thing. Right. And hope, let's hope Hopefully you, get you come business. back next year. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm interested. We have a question here that we kind of just was thinking about, but it's basically, why do you think sales is a scary word? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was watching Wolf of Wall Street uh, this weekend because I'm, I'm a movie junkie in general, and I hadn't watched that one in a while. Yeah. And I'd never watched oh, it. So it is exactly the worst form of oh, sales. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> it is. It's just the smarmy, cheesy. I don't care if this works for you. I'm happy to screw you over. Like it's oh, everything right. that I think was why people sales is this dirty word. Yeah. We think of those people as yeah. salespeople. And when I started off in sales, I did not want to be called a salesperson because it's just like, who wants to be yeah. that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's why we seek out phrases like, oh, I'm an account manager. I'm a business development rep. I'm like all these things. Just please don't call me sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think I got to a point over time where I started to really see my role as very different. Like, as, again, if you look at it as building success stories then you are problem solving, you are helping people, you are building strong relationships. And those are all things to be proud of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I feel like sales has a bad rap. And it's because of the non-sales folks, the folks that are doing crappy things instead of doing it the right way. Yeah. One thing I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is, okay, we, we talked about how I, I cannot sell. Right. So I completely disagree. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So that's what I'm saying. I can't sell, but now I'm being asked to. Right. So how the heck do I do this, and how do I get good at it? What are some tips? Like, yeah. I'm just like someone came in my office, like, "Hey, you're selling the trade show floor now. Go for it. Go for it." Well, I mean, the good news, I think, when folks get into it a little bit more and and really start to understand what sales is, 
is it doesn't feel half as bad as you think it's going to feel if you're doing it the right way. If you're doing it that pushy, awkward, pitchy way, that's where people get all these knots in their stomach and this anxiety, right? Because you feel the awkwardness of pitching. Right. It doesn't feel good to pitch. So if you're not pitching, but you're learning and you're helping to connect dots about where there are opportunities and be completely detached from the outcome. Like, you have to not care if you win the business or Oh, not. like a hard to get, if like, you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even hard to get. It's more like, let me truly put myself in my buyer's shoes and see, could I convince myself that there's something here, right? Even though you know you have a good product and can do it, yeah. it's still not necessarily a fit for everyone, right? Sure. Like an exhibitor who isn't going to work their booth well and is going to just have their people with their face on their phones and doesn't do anything ahead of the show. Like, these are not exhibitors who are going to be happy with the results they get. Right. Not because of anything you did. Yeah, they're the most vocal post-show saying that no one came by my booth. <laughs> yeah, I, I was there the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I actually tried to give away tickets to a networking event to one a vendor at a client's event because he was saying he wasn't getting good results and he was trying to give one of his tickets back. And I'm like, I will give you extra tickets yeah. <laughs> to go to the event where yeah. you will meet people and start to network. Yeah. Like you can't just stand in your booth with yeah. your arms crossed it's looking not gonna all do angry. It. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, I get getting a little personal. I get nice. yeah. <laughs> but I also I turned a thought again. You started with something else, and then I totally went on. The no, I mean it was me, but being oh, a salesman yeah. the first oh, yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. so, and so I, I appreciate that because I remember I used to do a very large trade show, and we had one of our most vocal exhibitors, always a very large booth. And I used to like do a secret shopper where I'd like walk past really fast to see kind of what that group was doing. All their backs to the aisle, all on their phones, all trying to figure out, I think, an earlier flight home or if we're all going to get a taxi to get on the way up. But and they had customers like walking past them, looking at their tchotchkes and then like and all four of them were like facing the back of the booth, like not talking to the person that's actually there to buy. And then, of course, post-show, they were like, nobody came back my booth. And I'm really frustrated with this show, so... It's I, maddening. And it's maddening. It's maddening. It's maddening especially when you work that. so hard to sell something like that, like yes. sell the experience and all that. And then you see people t not take advantage of it. It's very frustrating. Completely agree. Yeah, but to your point, this is where I feel like you are a good salesperson because you naturally are curious and ask questions. So... Oh. You want to get to know people. You want to understand what sure. they're trying to do. And if I think the biggest thing in, for most people to improve what they already do naturally is just ask questions of others. Try to understand them. Is to then not immediately start going, oh, I'm so glad you like that because we have this. Oh, that's cool. You want, like, like just pause. Slow yeah. the roll. You know, throttle back. <laughs> yeah. Let them talk about themselves. Ask them follow-up questions. Not because you're doing it as a ploy, but because that's how you stick things in your mind and understand people better. Yeah. And then, like, really work to say, all right, if I were in their shoes, are there some things that we think might be a good fit here or not? Right. And then just kind of test it more as, well, let's just vet a few ideas together. Yeah. Let's just keep talking and turn it into a conversation rather than, okay, you told me this. So here are the five things. Which one do you want? You know, yeah. that's slipping into salesiness. So I like that you call it curiosity because my friends call it being nosy. So I love that you have <laughs> given me a more positive word to embrace as opposed to like stop asking inappropriate questions. See no. what people don't oh, want to talk about no. that. No, the better, the more, the better. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. So I want to get a little specific with you. Oh. So if you could get rid of one common non-dues revenue offering you see all the time, <laughs> what would it be? And it has to be one. Okay. I have more than one. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see how long goes. Okay. Like, All right. I think these are already going away on their own, but like I call them the penny saver. Okay. Product. <laughs> they're like those buyer's guides that nobody goes to. That Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. They're just kind of off in some separate thing and they have like like gobs of moving ads. We, those are going away, thank goodness. And there's some better types of things coming out for that. 
but I'm going to toss in the other one I can't stand. And maybe it's just me. But Wi-Fi sponsored? Isn't Wi-Fi like seats? Like, <laughs> it feels so old. To be yeah. Like we need a Wi-Fi sponsor. Yeah, yeah. So. What are there are new ones you're seeing out there that you like? I would love to find better ways to make buyers and sellers like each other. Okay. <laughs> like, like I think that's a you got a tough road ahead of you. No, it's hard. And I think like okay, so how do we get a more educated buyer community that respects and appreciates the sellers? But to do that, we have to get the sellers to do a better job of not coming across annoying and you know some of the things that they do. So I think there are some cool products that are trying to blend that. Like um, Insight Guide is a new platform. Um, Andy Steggles, who used to be with Higher Logic. Just rolled out this year. I think there's a lot of cool potential there. Dan Steven at Worker Bee TV has changed their platform so that it's really morphing together more of the content, regardless of the source or type, which I think is great because so many association sites are very siloed. Sure, sure. Right? So it kind of brings all the content together. Let's see. Art of mentoring. I know that that's not on the buyer's guide, but like mentoring has been around in her space for so long, but their version of doing it is so much more impactful yeah. and handholding and that whole cohort process. So I think there are a lot of really cool things okay. out there right now. You got the list. I got the list. I'm impressions, right? I'm very impressed. Pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So how do you identify the best non-dues revenue offerings for your association and your members? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think that it starts with what do members need more than anything else? What do members need to do their jobs better, to help their businesses perform better? Yeah. Like, you know, what are the tangible things that they're looking for? And then trying to align that with what are some of the companies that might have an interest in this space? There was one group that I used to work with that had a training course. And in talking with one of their supplier uh, exhibitors, it turned out that they had supplies that they were like, well, can we get some product placement in that course? Like, would you re-record some of your course and use some of our materials? And they wanted to freshen it up. It had been a while since they'd done it, but it's incredibly expensive to re-record all that stuff again, as you guys know. Yep. Yeah. And so we ended up with the need to update something, and then we could weave in some product placement that didn't really do anything negative to the content anyway. And that created a whole new revenue stream with recurring residuals because as long as those products were in there, mm -hmm. they had to keep paying for it. So I think there's creative things like that, opportunities everywhere, obviously. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm curious because we, we talked about the the meat or the neat association that you worked for. <laughs> we talked about all the different places. And, we, and the joke in our space is, you know, is there's an association for everything, right? Yes. So you're a member of the, the Association for Professional money getters yes. I, I don't forget what it's called professional, professional. par professional association oh gosh no i forgot it uh, professionals for association revenue okay so uh. what are they talking about like as trends like that group yeah that's, your, that's their main focus that so is their main focus what are you guys so, talking so about in your the, work the, 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 that they exist because i think uh the, i think the first time i got together with that group we were all like oh my gosh these are our people like all the salespeople from everywhere you know um i just picture like a room full of chatty people <laughs> oh very, that yeah. won't take no for an answer like no i'm just I'm like, no, come to the bar. Okay, come to the bar. We'll have fun in the bar. Well, that sounds that, familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys say? So, see, that would be similar to the association, I suppose. Not all that different. Yeah. So, definitely a lot of conversation around the business development landscape. And I think one of the big things is just trying to understand how is everybody doing what they're doing today? We don't really have a whole lot. There's not really a lot of research or anything sure. for that today. So, just trying to understand operationally how are folks staffing their sales operations? How are they executing? 
are there common trends and themes and how you manage the teams that you have and how do you break down silos and there's a bunch to talk about there that really hasn't had much of a forum in sure. space. And is that a fairly young organization? Yeah, they just launched during COVID. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So oh, when you guys launched. really needed each other, hey? <laughs> right. No sales coming in. What do we do? What do we do? Yeah. So they had their first annual meeting last December. Okay. And I'll actually be speaking at their Look one this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about that. And it's in Annapolis, Maryland. So it's a, it's a good okay. group. Highly recommend yeah. for anybody kind of on the peripheral of sales. Check it out. So I wanted to ask you one more question. Well, I probably have a few, but we'll <laughs> say one more. You're one person, right? Everybody wants to meet with you, talk with you, and you consult with them. If you could tell non-dues revenue professionals one thing, uh-huh. what would that one thing be and make sure you really hope they walk away with? Oh, okay. If there's one thing that you change today about any of your sales conversations, it is to end every meeting with a scheduled next call. If you don't learn anything oh. else from me, yeah. that will change your game on not having to hunt people down. If okay. they're not willing to schedule a call with you, then something is amiss. You need to track it down. But you should always end every every time I have not scheduled something, I have regretted it. Even if it's contract imminent, whatever, like just keep scheduling the next call. Okay. That's my one thing. Okay. Yes. Schedule the next call. Yeah. You think we can do that? Schedule the next call? I think so. I think that's hard, though. Like, how do you do that? Oh, it's so easy. What if someone's like, well, I don't know my calendar. I'll have to get back yeah, to you. Yeah, like, because you, I mean, I think honest, I'm that person. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, email me. I'll let you know what my schedule was. Well, it dep- so it depends okay. on, let's say you've had a great first call with a mm-hmm. new company that's looking to sponsor, right? You learned about them, and they learned about you, and there's a few things that sound like they make sense, but they need to go and talk to someone internally and get back to you. What usually happens is we go, okay, great. We'll send you some information. You know, I'll follow up in a couple of weeks. And then you guys are chasing, 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 and they never respond. So instead, just end it with, okay, great. When do you think you're going to have the conversation internally? And they'll talk about when they're going to do that and say, all right, how about we go ahead and put it somewhere on the calendar for the t- like a day or two after that? Yeah. What does two o'clock look like for you? And then zip it. And nine times out of ten, hard silence. Nine times out of ten, they go, yeah, that probably makes sense. And they'll pull out their calendars, and then they'll give you an alternate time. And the nice thing about it is, now it's on their calendar. And I don't know about y'all, but I live by my calendar. Yes, boy. And so, like, you will be on their mind, and they'll be like, oh, right, we've got that meeting coming up with those people, and we need to talk to the internal team that we said we were going to talk to. And so, it helps keep things moving along. See, sure. that's really good because I struggle with silence, right? So if I if you said like, when do you think you will talk internally? And then you like wait for them to respond. In my head, I'd be like, should I be talking? I feel like we're very quiet. Should I say something? I feel like I should say something. And so I guess getting comfortable with putting it on them to respond is, would be a challenge for me. That's the terrible chocolate sales, right? But <laughs> still. Is, it's really hard for everyone. Like I have to force my, I'm a, I'm a yapper. Yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of want to help, right? So sure. I start suggesting. Look well, at your I, outlook. Like, check your outlook. Oh, like you need to talk to somebody else. You just, what do you, maybe you need to talk to this person, that person. <laughs> like to stop, you know, so just zipping it is also, a, oh, that would be tip number two. That's is hard. Schedule it and then zip it when yeah. you ask a question. Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it is tough, but they have to think. Like, don't think of it as them. The silence does not mean they're going, what a stupid question. That's not yeah. what they're thinking at all. They're just literally processing sure, it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's great. We got some good stuff here Yeah, today. I feel like we're going to be booming the sales. These, out there. Also, these tips also work with family and friends as Uh-oh. well. Yeah, starting with them, <laughs> asking them about them, asking okay. follow-up questions. I have, you know what's funny? I have tried that test where you talk with someone and then it's secretly a game with me is like figuring out if I don't talk, how long will they talk before they realize I haven't spoken in like 15 minutes? 
So I'll say like, how are you? And then people are like, bada, 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 bada. And then like, I haven't spoken in like 10 minutes. They have no clue. I haven't said anything. So maybe that's what I need to lean into. Lean into it. And that not use revenue space. This is your skill. This is your superpower. That's more with family. But yes, yes. It's all the same. Okay. I'll convert it. Prospects. Yeah. I'll convert that to sales for sure. I like it though. I like the thought of just you, you continue to ask the questions, you listen and you put yourself in their shoes. I think that's the real. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid of. If you don't understand it, like this is one thing I often hear as well. What if they said something and I wasn't sure what they meant by it? And, you know, it kind of got sideways from there. Like if it doesn't make sense to you, just ask. Yeah. Right. Like there shouldn't be anything. Don't worry about being dumb. Just ask. Just be dumb. <laughs> just be dumb. Just say, <laughs> say this might be a dumb question if you feel better. Like I'm, I'm sorry to out. This might be obvious to you, but right. it's not as obvious to me. What did you mean when you said this thing yeah. here? Or I just... like, honestly, I like when to ask. I don't understand. Can you explain? I think it breaks like a little bit of a wall down and then we have like more genuine conversation in a way because you're explaining something to me. Yes. So. Definitely. So I'm uh, for that. Yeah. And so sit with the silence and lean into the dumb. Lean into the dumb. Got it. Okay. I it. Yeah. That's right. And schedule the heck out of everything after. Uh, yes. 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 Got by it. your calendar. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Do you, okay, well, here's uh, a good question. A well, t-shirt. It says lean into the dumb. You're wondering. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in. You're in, yeah. Hey, maybe next year maybe our new idea shirt will be a little, uh, a little different. What a great conference theme. Lean into the dumb. Well, wait, can, we, can I do a session called Dumb Ideas? In here, this place. That would be so fun. That would be great. They might be dumb, but they're new. <laughs> so we're leaning into the calendar aspect. So yes. are there, we don't endorse any products on this podcast, but I'm curious oh, what calendar tool you use oh. for this type of like sort yes. of back and forth. Well, so if you're asking him right there, there, then you don't even have to worry about a calendar tool because everyone's pulling it up. I do use Calendly for my calendar stuff because it is so handy. Just be like, here, pick a spot. I'm sure there are others, but that's okay. Calendar is the way we do. Yep. Although I've been reading lately that when you're doing cold emails to prospects that you have never, you have no relationship with, where yeah. you're much more likely to not even get into their inbox. Sure. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've some LinkedIn folks I follow are saying get rid of links. Oh. In your emails, like strip them way down because links, calendar links in particular. Get stuck um, in like. Yeah, can stop it right at the server level and people don't even yeah, ever see it's it. like denied. Like there, yeah, there's, so that's a whole other area where I feel like I'm certainly not an expert on. Sure, sure. But that's so much is changing in the marketing email world for how you get emails to get into someone's inbox. Yeah. So. I got one this week that I thought was really funny that said, Dear insert first name. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. oh boy. Did I'll you, you know what it's like. Name. Yeah. Um, delete. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to take the time to know who we are yeah. that, or, my, or my name. Yeah. Or my oh. favorites is like, hey, Scott, we met at that. I was like, no, we, know we didn't. <laughs> I don't know who Scott is. <laughs> not going to make any sale here. No. I definitely have gotten the um, ask people asking about what my members need. When yes, I, yes. Do not have members. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I actually had one from a very, I won't say the name of the company. It's outside the association space, but a very well-known company in the telecommunications business emailed me asking if I wanted to get VoIP phone okay and i wrote them back and said i'm just me i have my cell phone i don't think i need it that you know thanks so much and then he kept pestering like are you sure i can get you a good deal and i'm like what difference does it make how good the deal <laughs> is me, yeah. i don't think i need the product right yeah. which by the way that is actually something i see associations doing a lot is the same communications going to their prospects that they've never bought 
as going to existing customers. Oh, and well, that's a good point. Yeah. On like, hey, here's our upcoming deadline here. The, the discount ends at this. If they're not interested in buying you, those are not the things that are going to get them to buy. Okay. So. Well, you just open the door and nope, then I walk through. Yeah. So, go uh, for it. so the, what, what should a new prospect email look like? Like, yeah. we have never done business with you before, but I found you on some sort of trade show floor and you should be involved with our group. What should be in that email? That should be about their potential pain points and Hello. people similar to them that you have helped, right? Like we work with groups like name some of your other happy sponsors, exhibitors, and we've helped them. If you can get this kind of data from those companies, you know, how much new business do they get from you? How long have they been supporting you? Like, so you make some assumptions potentially like, hey, companies like yours often struggle with, you know, building their pipeline. We have X thousand of engaged individuals who are regularly talking about what products and services each other use. Worth a talk. Okay. Just something short and sweet. Okay. Now, now switching gears, the ones that come back year after year. Mm -hmm. I imagine the email shouldn't say, hey, girl. <laughs> Here's I the way I was going to it. get an email that said, hey, girl. Like, you may definitely send yeah. me an email that said, hey, girl. So like you may have. I may have. Uh, so what do you think we should send to people who come back year after year? year? So, yeah, that's a great question. So uh, they are much more, if it's the same people, they're going to, be mostly interested in what's this year's deadline, you know, that kind of, so you can be a little bit more like, here's the drill with that group. But you also don't want to just assume that a, the same people are seeing these things or that they always remember every bit about you, even yeah. though it seems like maybe they should. So right. I think constantly kind of reminding about your value is never a bad thing yeah. to do. One thing I think about a lot is our contact may stay the same, but maybe their manager or their director or the person that signs the checks is not the same. And so we still have to make our story case to them a little bit yep. without sounding like we're telling them who we are because they know who we are. But right. I always think about that, like everything we put out, I'm like, I want to make sure they can take this to their superior and be like, we should be involved. That is very smart. I, I always assume that someone else in the mix does not know everything your champion or your contact knows yeah. and that you're potentially selling to others at yeah. the same time. Yep. Well, maybe I am. Maybe. Destined for sales. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a last question and Katie's going to ask it. This is sort of how we wrap up every podcast. So you're not special, but we really want to hear. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> we really want to hear your answer, though. So go ahead, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for teeing that up for me. So, Carrie, why do you think being engaged with organizations like TSAE is so important? Oh, I, you know, I joined ASAE very shortly after getting my first job in the association space. And I cannot imagine not joining the association that goes with whatever industry you're in. I mean, my peer network, all the folks that I've like seen grow up over the years, you know, like we were all staff assistants when I started and now they're CEOs and I mean, it's so cool. So just that camaraderie and all the knowledge sharing and experience. I have so many people I can just call up and say, hey, girl, <laughs> how are you doing this or that, you know, and, and have really great conversations with people that are experiencing similar challenges and then make connections and stuff. I just think it's one of the best. Everybody should belong to the association for their industry. In my opinion. I love that. So, um, yeah. so do you think you'd be where you are today without being involved no in these organizations? Chance. Okay. No chance. Yeah. No. Uh -uh. Great. <laughs> Not at all. So thank you, Carrie, for being here. We have enjoyed our conversation with you. Oh, and you've been our, our first live <laughs> guinea pigs. We really appreciate that uh, so much. So thank you for being here. We're thrilled to have you. Thanks very much. It was yep. super fun. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again, Carrie McIntyre, for joining us today on Better by Association's first ever live podcast show. 
That was so much fun, Gary. You have helped us reach a new milestone in our first year of podcasting. So thank you so much for being part of that. Remember to join us each month as we have more conversations with members from associations community. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the Texas Society of Association Executives, be sure to visit us online at tsae.org. And on behalf of TSE, Katie, and myself, see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye.